What happens, brothers and sisters, to a son deferred? Does he dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does he stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe he just sags like a heavy load. Or does the brother explode? What happens to a son deferred? So you want to change this feeling that you often get of a sense of abandonment. Can you tell us more about how that sense of abandonment has shown up in your life over the years? Well, I think over the years, it has become an issue to where it rolls into all of my friendships and all of my relationships. When relationships or friendships are coming to a close, it seems like I get the sense of abandonment, so I have to do something negative to counteract it so that now I've almost become the person that's abandoning people. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be a person that understands that relationships change, people change, and times change. And it doesn't mean that because somebody is not going to be in your life the way that they were prior, that they're absolutely abandoning you. But what I do is normally sabotage the relationship before it even gets to that point so that I become the person that abandons them. You do a preemptive strike. Correct. Yeah. And so it sounds like you've done enough work, self-analysis, have reached a point of awareness where you understand what you're doing. Can you share with us why you think you do this? I think it started as a young man. I was one of four children, the only one with a separate father than the other three. They all had the same father and I had a different father. My dad was a person that was in and out of my life the entire time of my childhood. And so I think that what happened was was that I always reached on to people and then I've been let down by people in the past. And I think that it just sort of manifests itself in this abandonment feeling that I get that just causes me, like you said, it just causes me to become the striker first, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I really think that it stems from my childhood. Mm -hmm. I've lost a marriage. I've lost a few relationships. Well, if we can, I'd like to have as real a conversation as we can so that everyone listening can relate on some level to the things that we're talking about. You started this conversation by laying the backdrop of there were four children in the family, three of whom had one father and you had another father. And when I heard that, I immediately related back into my own life of my relationship with my father, which has been rocky over the years and was throughout my teenage years and into my 20s. And I was full of a lot of anger with my father for a whole lot of reasons that don't necessarily relate to the topic of what we're talking about now. But I have found that there comes a period in every child's life, regardless of what the details of one's upbringing have been. There comes a time in every child's life where you have to let your parents off the hook for everything that they weren't that you thought 
they should be. I think that I'm still holding the perception of what it should have been. My real father has reached out to me, and we've had conversations, and it's almost like it's been probably since December since I've talked to them. And they reached out to me in November. We had that conversation. We were talking every week, and all of a sudden, I just stopped. I had this conversation with my mother, and I was just like, I think that I just still have a lot of resentment, mm -hmm. and I want to be able to let it go because I think that this is what's bleeding in. Mm-hmm to the rest of everything else that's going on in my life. This one situation is a backdrop that is creating my reality for all my other relationships. One of the things that helped me in my mid to late 20s to find peace. And to this day, I have a very good relationship with my father. I'm actually embarrassed to tell you the truth. When I look back on those years and think of all the good time that I wasted being angry and upset, I do realize it was part of the process. But I do remember a point where in my childhood home, when I was in my room and it was after some incident with my father, and I said to myself, there are private moments that we all have that no one else will ever know about unless you tell them. And this was one of those times when I said to myself, Robert, at that time, people called me Bobby. People from my childhood called me Bobby. I said, you know what, Bobby, if I never have, this is one of those conversations you have with yourself. I said, if you never have the relationship that you want with your father, I'm going to go on and have a good life anyway. I am going to make it in life without that if I have to. And I remember that day like it was yesterday because it was something that stands up on the inside. There's a moment where you stand up on the inside of yourself and you say, if nothing else changes, I'm not going to deprive myself of the life that I know I deserve. And I'm going to be happy with or without this relationship. And nobody can help you to that moment. It's just a place that you get to on your own because so many times the burden is on us as children. I felt that for years. Like, why is this my burden? Why do I need to do all the work to make this happen whenever you had me? You brought me into the world. So why is the onus on me to try to make this happen? As an adult, what I came to, and it may be different for every person, is that the onus is on me to have and to build and to create a life that I want to live. And holding that against my father, I didn't like me in that scenario. So I was trying to change myself. One of the most tender moments in this conversation I felt was when you described that you just want your father to say, I'm sorry. And that seemed to bring up some emotion for you. And I relate to that because I felt that many times in my life in years past. Have you ever shared that with your father that I need you to say I'm sorry? That's what I'm working towards. I did reach out to an aunt because I had deleted their number because I just didn't want to talk to them because I didn't want to deal with it. And then I just reached out to an aunt and I'm building up the strength and the courage to call my father so that I can have a real conversation with him. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I have not given him the opportunity to know exactly how I felt. I've mm. never, ever told him how I felt. I've just lived how I felt. Mm. That is a mouthful, brother. You said that you have never given him, your father, the opportunity to know how you feel. Why do you think you have walked around all these years without giving him that opportunity? You know, I really believe that for... The first 34, 33 years of my life, 
I felt like I didn't need to give him that opportunity. I felt like that I was making my own way because I had never recognized the things that I was doing to sabotage my life because of the situation. Mm. And so in my conversation and finding more out about myself, I'm finding out that I did nothing but hurt myself over these years because I've had plenty of opportunity to have this conversation, which could have changed the course of where my life has been. It was because of the fact that I didn't do any soul searching or any looking back to try to figure out what was the beginning. Mm -hmm. As children, what we do to our parents is we tend to see them less so when we get older, but certainly when we're younger, that their only role in life is to be our father. That's the bane of his existence is to be my dad. And really and truly, as we get older, we realize that he was a father, but he was also a brother. He was a son. He was an uncle. There are a lot more roles than our fathers play than just our father. And I had a thought as you were talking about never giving your father the opportunity to know how you feel. One of the things that you mentioned was that you don't really know your father that well. The other side of that coin is that he doesn't really know you that well. Even though he's your father, even though he was in a parental role, he does not necessarily know the man that you've grown into being. That wonderful, loving human being who has children of his own and who has done things in your life that would make him proud. He doesn't know those things. So this is a great opportunity not only for you to know him better, but for you to introduce him to a man that he doesn't even really know. And my question is, why do you think you have not wanted to or given yourself the opportunity or loved yourself enough to want your father to know this great man that you've become? I thought for a long time that he didn't deserve to know. You weren't there to help rear me, so I don't want you to gloat in. And I didn't want to give him the opportunity to gloat in. This is my son. <clears throat> okay, so now I'm going to push. We're going to push each other around a little bit here, but we're going to do it in love, okay? Okay. Because when you use words like deserve, that says to me that there's a certain amount of judgment that you're still holding against your father. I'm saying that I think that I have been walking in judgment. Mm -hmm. I've walked in the judgment of knowing that he was there for my other step-siblings and all those people and therefore other family members and wasn't there for me. And don't um, you think that he knows that? I think that he does know it. He reached out to me uh, right before Christmas and he reached out to me. Uh-huh. And so I think that he wants to know me. Right. Um, him and his wife just sent me a card because they're reaffirming their marriage. And they sent it to me, and I sent it back and said I would be attending. But I haven't talked to my father since Christmas when he sent me a Christmas gift. And are you open to the possibility that your father loves you, misses you, and wants to be in your life just as much as you love, miss, and want him to be in your life? Are you open to that possibility? I am open to the possibility. Okay. I am open to the possibility. Okay. So what do you need to do to leave that possibility open? And while that possibility is open, walk in all the steps that you need to walk in to get to that possibility. What do you need to do to make that happen? I think that I first need to have the conversation with them about my hurt so that I can let them go. Okay, stop right there. So now what do you need to do to have that conversation with him so that you can express yourself and let that hurt go? What are the steps toward that conversation? I think it's preparing for the good and the bad. Okay. It's going to be said in the conversation. And when are you prepared to have that conversation? I think that I will be prepared pretty soon here. 
I mean, I'm not going to say next week, but I think within the next couple of weeks, though, it's going to be a conversation that needs to be had. And why the next couple of weeks? Why are you setting that as a time frame in your mind? Because my life is changing with some things with my children and, and some other things that are going on. And I'm starting to see this same reoccurring theme that sort of creeps up in me. And I think I'm tired. I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of myself now. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go on to the next chapter of my life. So before we go, because I want to drill all the way down, how will that conversation happen? Will you call him and schedule it? Will you send him an email? How will the conversation be set up? Well, I already have the number. Uh-huh. I am going to make the phone call. Okay. I am going to make the phone call and schedule it so that I can make sure that he's in a situation to where he's not around his wife or her children. Mm-hmm. that he's sort of by himself so that we can have a real conversation so that the real him can show and the real me can show. 